We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. God did something special today. We're going to see a paradigm shift in our church today. I believe that. The Holy Spirit has spoken that to me. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. The title of this message is this, Welcome Home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Home is a powerful place, isn't it? How many of you have children? Raise your hand. Excellent. Remember? Remember when you first found out. We're having a baby. Yeah. When we were having a baby, we didn't know if it was a boy or girl. Didn't care. We're having a baby. It was so exciting. I mean, it was so exciting. My wife bought all kinds of outfits. She told me right up front, it's a girl. She had nothing but girl outfits, one boy's outfit. We got the room ready. She painted it. We had crib. We had bassinet. We had diapers. We had everything ready. We, uh, we, we had to get our minds ready. We're having a baby. And we thought, Pee, we got this. And we went to the hospital, had a baby. We got that little girl. We brought her home, and it was awesome. Here's a brand new bed, a brand new. We had our mind ready. Our house was ready. Everything was ready until the first night. <laughs> we didn't make it past the first night because in the hospital, everything was sweet, man. She didn't cry. She didn't do anything. First night we get her home, she starts crying, won't stop crying. We don't know what to do. The doctor told us to give her two ounces of milk like every so many hours. We thought she's hungry. We keep feeding her more milk. We gave her like 12 gallons within like 30 minutes. And I don't know. Everything wrong. Everything wrong. But we were excited. But we realized we were not ready. Not ready. When you get to that second and third kid, you're like, okay, we're pregnant. Okay, let's go. Yeah. But that first one. That verse, kind of throw you off. In the house of God, are we ready? I believe God has spoken into my heart that this is the year for our kids to come home. This is the year for our kids to come home. It's time for them to come home. How many of you got kids away from Jesus? Wow. Yeah. It's time for them to come home. How many of you know people that are far from God today? Yeah, wow. It's time for them to come home. It's time. Luke 15 is a powerful passage of Scripture. And um, if you want to put it this way, this is kind of the way I look at it. The, kind of like all the rabbis, you know, the Jewish rabbis have gone to this big convention. Jesus did not go there. He kind of went to the local pub, the local hangout, where all the tax collectors and the prostitutes and all the people are that, that aren't the best people in town. And, and that's where Jesus is hanging out. And I'm sure all the other rabbis are going, where is that Jesus dude? He's always teaching us everything. Where is he at? On the day of the big convention, he doesn't even show up. But he's over here, and what is Jesus doing? He's talking to them about things that need to be talked about to change their lives. I believe we need to have lives changed in 2020 like never before. So he begins to talk to them about a man who has a hundred sheep. One of them goes missing. 
And so he says, the guy leaves 99 sheep and goes after that one. And when he finds him and brings him back, there is a celebration, man. Everybody's excited. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. That which was lost is found. Then it talks about a lady who has 10 coins. And how many of you ladies can relate to something being lost in the house? Yeah, she lost one of those coins. And, and he talks about it. And she tore the house apart. Guys, have you ever come home and your wife is frantic and the, the cushions are off the sofas and the, everything's turned up? This lady turned the house upside down. And finally, she found that one coin. And there was a tremendous celebration over a lost coin. And then Jesus says, and then there was a farmer. There was this farmer who had two sons. And everything was going great till one day the younger son comes to the father and he goes, Dad, I want my inheritance now. I want my part now. And, the, and it records that the father looks at the son and, and he talks with him and he gives him all of his inheritance and the son leaves home and he goes to another country. He wants to make his own mark in life. He goes to another country, and the Bible records he is a party animal. How many of you, when you first left home, went a little stupid? <laughs> he went stupid. He started partying his brains out. He party, party, party. How many know when you got money, you got people that want to party with you? He had lots of money. He was partying. He had lots of friends. Life was going great. I mean, he was there in the middle of all this. It was awesome. Until one day, there was a famine in the land. And all of his money was gone. And he realized, wait a minute, my money's gone. My friends are gone. And there's a famine. And he finds himself in a pig pen. Now think about it. A Jewish kid feeding pigs who the Jewish people consider to be very unclean, okay? So he's not only, I mean, he's not in the gutter. He's in the gutter, gutter, gutter. I mean, he's doing the worst thing a Jewish kid could be doing. He's not only over here handling unclean animals, but he's feeding them. And the Bible even talks about he's so hungry, he's starting to eat what the pigs are eating. How many know that's hungry? Anybody ever slopped hogs? It's not a pretty sight, is it? Those dudes are serious when it comes to slop. If you don't know what slop is, just look it up. Google it. I don't know. But it's everything that you don't want and you slop it all together in a big old pot and you dump it out in the trough for the pigs. How many know what wheat shorts are? Yeah. Bunch of city folk in here today. And he's sitting there, and all of a sudden, the Bible says he comes to his senses. And he says, you know what? Even the servants in my father's house have it better than I do. Now, I'm not worthy to be called a son, but I'm going to get up and go back to my father's house, and maybe, just maybe, he'll let me be a servant in his house. So the Bible says he gets up and he starts heading back, and this is where we pick up the story. Luke chapter 15, verse number 20 and 21. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. Say that with me. Filled with compassion. 
He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Yeah. This is still a long ways off. The father was looking for his son to come home. I imagine he got up every morning thinking this could be the day. And he saw him. He just saw him a long way off. And he ran. And I love this. The father was filled with compassion. Now, how many of you know today that a father, you know, may or may not today be filled with compassion? Oh, finally coming home. Yeah, I bet you're broke. You stink. You're filthy. I mean, we're not going to run. Sometimes we're going we're gonna to say, hey, I, I, I told you. I told you. Yeah, I told you you had it good here. You didn't know until you had to leave. But no, this father was filled with compassion. Even though he was still a long ways off, he ran to him. Filled with compassion. Sometimes, I'm going to give you a revelation. Sometimes our kids, your kids, whatever, they're going to do stupid stuff. Yeah. They're going to go crazy at times. And during those times of them going crazy, we are so fearful as parents that they're going to do something really dumb. I mean, they're not only going to make bad decisions about meth or crack, cocaine, or whatever it may be, but they may even get to the point to where, like you were given in their testimony, I'm just going to step out in front of the next truck that comes along. And as parents, I don't know if you've ever been there, but as parents, that's terrifying. Because you remember that day you, you brought them home from the hospital and go, how did we get from bringing them home from the hospital to them? Don't, I don't even know where they're at today. I don't even know what they're doing today. The father was filled with compassion. He ran to him as soon as he saw him. Look at verse 22 and 24. But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and what? Celebrate! For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He is lost and now he's found. And they began to celebrate. Isn't that wonderful? And this week I had a revelation about this. Because most of you sitting here this morning may think, Oh, the prodigal son. I know that story. We probably do. But this week I had a different revelation brought to me. There's a word here that just threw me off. I've never really seen it before. And when I did see it, 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 it just went in a whole different direction. But the Bible says, he said, quick, quick. And I've always thought that this was just some spontaneous thought the father had. Oh, my son's coming home. Let, let's quick, let, let's get something. Uh, what, oh, okay, let, get some... Uh, Get some sandals. He, he doesn't have any shoes. Uh, get a robe. Uh, let's get him a bath and, and get that uh, a ring of authority and uh, oh, see if you can find a fatted calf somewhere. Let's kill and let's have a party. Let's do it quickly. I've always read it that way. But that's not what happened. How many of you know that this is a father who's filled with compassion? This is not some spontaneous response to some event that he never thought would ever happen. I got to believe this father who's filled with compassion is going to be like most every other father and every other mother who's had a kid that's gone stupid for a little while. You're not sitting around doing nothing. What are you doing? You're getting everything ready for the moment they come to their senses. 
I believe every day this father had gone into his son's room and probably hadn't really done anything. He left it exactly like his son has left it. I believe he goes in there and probably takes the pillow and puts it up to his face and smells of it. God, you know my baby son. I don't know where he's at, but you know where he's at. God, I pray today, put protection around him. God, I pray today, you watch over him. And God, I pray today, let something happen. Let somebody step into his life. Let somebody say a word that brings him to his senses today. I believe he walked over there to the bed and probably sat down on it and and began to pray another prayer. And I believe he took the robe and and laid it out on the bed and straightened it up and got it ready and put the sandals there at the feet and took the ring of a father and put it over there. That ring, that's authority. Whenever my son's wearing that, he can ask whatever he wants to and he'll get it. Put the ring right there. And then I believe he kind of walked outside and went out to the field where his cows and calves were. And he, he said, come here, little boy, you're the one. And he gets that bowl of feed and brings over that little calf that's kind of scrawny. And he says, listen, come on, boy. Here, this is for you. One day, I'm praying, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. One day, my son's coming back. And when he does, I want to be ready. I want you to be ready. We're going to celebrate. Yeah. Every day, going out, doing the same thing. I believe the father was getting ready. Getting ready. I believe he had drills for those servants. I believe there were there were times where he go, okay, everybody, my son just came home. What do you do? Okay, you go get the sandals. You go get the robe. You get the ring. You get the fatted calf. You start the boiling water. You get this done. You get and let's see how we're doing. Go. All right, that's the drill today. Uh, we're we're gonna be ready when it really happens. About a week or so later, okay, guys, here we go. It's the drill. You ready? Go, quick. We last week's by 10 seconds. All right, we're getting better. Got to make sure we get that rope turned right side. Don't turn it inside out. Let's get it right, okay? Get those sandals. Don't, don't drop them on the way. I believe it was repetitive over and over and over. I believe it was something that when this son was a long way off, I believe the father was saying, this is not an accident. This is not something I wasn't expecting. This is what I've been praying for. This is what I'm ready for. This is God answering my prayer because my son, which was lost, is now about to be found. It is time to get the house, get everything ready because he's coming home. He's coming home. He's finally coming home. And so the father runs and grabs him with compassion, grabs onto him. Listen, it doesn't matter how we walk in our home. We are God's kids. It doesn't matter what we smell like, what we look like, what happens when we walk in. What matters is that somebody in this house is filled with compassion. It says, I know where you've been. I know how you smell. I was once there myself, but come on in. The love of God is in this house. Welcome home. It's time for you to get what God has been preparing for you. Quickly. I've got to ask you today, church, are we ready? Are we ready for harvest? Because the Bible says the harvest is always white. It is always ready to be harvested. The problem comes in is are we ready for the harvest? Wow. Do we know what to do? Somebody walks in. Oh, they're the worst person. 
Pastor, let me go over here and talk to you for a second. The, this person just walked in. Uh, they got a rep in town. It's not a good one. Uh, they, they be, they're probably one of the worst people in our town. And, and I don't know that we want them coming to our church. Come on. Well, now, Pastor, you've got to understand that uh, they got a lot of baggage. they got a lot of problems. And I just don't know that they're the kind of folk that we want in our house. You see, the last time I checked, and I read it again this week, the last time I checked, you were that prodigal son. You were that prodigal daughter. Last time I checked. You were the one that came to your senses somewhere. You were the one who walked in and said, hey, I need somebody to be filled with compassion. I don't need to be judged. I've got enough of that. I don't have anything to give in the offering today. I, I, I barely got in here alive. I need somebody who says, God loves you and I love you too. I need somebody to do it quick because I'm only giving this church one shot at this. I need somebody to step up before because when I got up this morning, here's what I said. God, if you're real, I'm going to go to that church down there on Prospect, and if you're real, you have somebody come up and give me a hug and tell me that God loves me. If you're real. If you're real. You see, it's time that we get ready for the kids to come home, to be filled with compassion, to be filled with love, to be willing to serve them because having babies is inconvenient. It costs you money, and it takes a lot of effort. Now listen, I'm going to be real honest with you, pastor of the church. Here we go. You ready? You got your, you got your big boy shoes on. Here we go. How many of you are saved? Raise your hand. Okay. I will give an altar call in just a few minutes for salvation for the rest of you. <laughs> got quite a few here today, and I say, we'll get you. How many of you have been saved and going to heaven for more than three months? A year? Five years? Wow. We have a problem in America to where as church thinking goes today, all we want to do is come in and get fed. <coughs> Pastor, feed me. I will feed you because you are fat on spiritual food. You guys know more of the Bible than most people will ever know. And God has given all of you such wonderful giftings. It is now 2020. It is now time for every one of you to stop saying, how can you serve me today? And maybe, maybe I ought to walk in the house with a different attitude. Maybe I ought to walk in the house and go, God, what can you do to help me serve somebody else today? God, is there somebody's kid going to walk in that door today that some grandma, some grandpa, some mama, some daddy been praying, oh God, let somebody tell my kids with compassion that you love them. God, if there's somebody that walks in, today I will serve you I will serve you I will do it you see we've gotten so mature spiritually fat I've got a letter here today from a mama in this church and she said I could read this to you today because you know what she had a prodigal son a son who went stupid a son who left home and left the state. 
A son who went on his own way to find his own way and do his own thing. And here's a mama who's praying every day. God, put somebody in my baby's path. My son was living in Bakersfield, California. He was raised in church, but he was not living for the Lord. This was a very dark time in his life. I encouraged him to find an Assembly of God church and to attend believing that someone would reach out to him and help him. He attended two or three times, but no one contacted him. I phoned the church and explained exactly what was going on in his life and how desperately he needed the church to reach out to him. Two weeks went by, no contact. So I phoned a second time, no contact. A few months later, I flew to Bakersfield and visited the church with my son. I personally went to someone and again explained the need. Not one phone call or card or contact was ever made. During one of my visits, my son heard that the pastor had been diagnosed with cancer and the church was asking everyone to fast on Mondays for his healing. My son, not living for the Lord, fasted for this pastor for several weeks. He was not living for the Lord, but he was willing to sacrifice for a pastor that had no need, but no one in the church could do the same for him. What a sad time when we as Christians become so busy that we don't have time for those who are wandering in the wilderness trying to find their way. That mama's in this church today. How sad it would be when somebody's prayer walks in our church. Some mama, some daddy been on their knees for weeks, for months, going, God, bring them to their senses. And all of a sudden they drive by the church. What happens? I don't know. But all of a sudden they decide, I'm going to walk in to see if God's real. I'm going to walk in to see if there's any God left in the house. And we all got to go, well, you know what? I, I don't have really time because we got to get out by 12 and, and then I got to go home and I got to do this and that and the other. And, uh, you know, Pastor, if you can just, you know, say something, make me feel a little bit better today, I sure would appreciate it because I'm having a rough time. I broke two toenails and a fingernail this week. And I'm not minimizing anybody's situation. I'm just saying it's real easy to get comfortable. Now watch this. Meanwhile, Luke 15, 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. Don't forget about him. When he came near the house, he heard the music and the dances, so he called one of the servants and asked, what's going on? Your brother's come home, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe in his home. The older brother became angry. What? Seriously? He became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, yeah, when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you killed the fatted calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. Wow. I feel like the older brother always gets a bad rap. Why shouldn't he be excited? Listen. I've acted like the older brother myself. Yeah. 
I got saved when I was 11. I never did really anything stupid. I've always been obeying the rules and doing everything right. And, and sometimes I look around and go, but God, why are you doing that for them and doing nothing for me? Yeah. This older son refused to even go in the house. So the father, look at this, the father went to the younger son with compassion. But the father went to the older son with correction. Listen, you better correct your attitude. You better correct your response because you're not doing this right. And I thought about the church as a pastor. I got to think about the church. So, so if we have kids start coming home, people's kids we don't even know, but we're going to be the answer to their prayer. They may be in California. The parents may be, who knows? But their kids are in Parker City. And all of a sudden, the kids come to their senses and they come home. Guess what? They're going to get your parking space. They're going to get your, your, your chair in the auditorium. But everybody knows, Pastor, that's my chair. And the Spirit of God's not the same if I got to move. <laughs> this morning at our wonderful breakfast prepared by Chef Jeff, those of you that were late, you didn't get any bacon. It was all gone. <laughs> Inconvenient. Yeah, the pastor's going to ask you for money. Why? Because it costs something to reproduce. It's inconvenient. Guess what? This year, every one of us is going to get involved in doing something at PCA. Why? Because we are not here to be served. We are here to serve. What can I do to help win the lost? What can I do to mentor somebody who walks in who doesn't know Jesus Christ? What can I do to help that mama right over there say, you know what, your prayers are not in vain. We will be that church. When your son, when your daughter walks in, we will be the one to meet them with compassion. We will be the one to pray with them. We will be the one to be there and get rid of all the filth, of the, uh, all the evidence of sin in their life. We're going to be the one to help clean them up, hold them up, pray them up, Walk them up. Do whatever we need to do to make sure they understand they are a child. And we're going to celebrate. Not everybody likes celebration. Celebration is loud. It costs. It's got to be a lot of effort. But guess what? The Bible says that when one that is lost comes home, all the angels in heaven shout. Can you imagine the volume of the shouting? Can you imagine? Hey, and here's the question that I have to ask you today. Here's the, here's the all in all question. I know it may be different if it's somebody else's kid and all that, but what would you want this church to do if it was your kid? Think about it. Yeah. If it's your kid that's been on drugs, if it's your kid living a riotous life, that's what the word of God calls it, a riotous life in this town, and they walk in the house of God, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to say, hey, find a parking spot anywhere you want to. We don't care. Do you want to say, don't worry about getting on the golf cart. Walk in yourself. Get to the front door. Hey, how you doing? I'm glad you're here today. Welcome. Or do you want somebody to greet them at the front door? Good morning. It is so good to see you today. I am so glad you walked in the house. Or you want somebody to walk in and the usher's going, hey, here's a little boy. Do you want people in worship just going, uh, how many more times are they going to sing that song again? I don't even like this one. The older brother just showed up. 
I don't like it when they turn the lights out. I don't like it when the lights are on. I don't like it when it's hot. I don't like it when it's cold. I don't like it when it's loud. I don't like it when it's quiet. That's an older brother right there. Hey, stop being the older brother. Somebody needs to get a vision, a new class from the presence of God and say, it's time to celebrate. It's time to jump and shout and run. Why? That which was lost has been found. That which was dead is alive. And when people walk in our house, the house of God, we've got to say, welcome home. You finally made it to where God has brought you to. Whew. We can't have a bunch of older brothers going, I'm not going to do uh, Well, you know, it's not the way it used to be. Thank God. Thank God you don't know everybody. That's awesome. If you knew everybody, it'd probably be only about 10 people. Wouldn't it be horrible to have 10 people coming to church on a Sunday morning? Because then you'd have to pay all the bills. You really would be the older brother then. Yeah. Thank God for everybody walks in. Phew, they're going to help a little bit. I hope, praise God, hallelujah. Yeah, and we've got to get to the place where we're celebrating life. The loudest shouting is place in town should not be any bar, any casino, anywhere like that. I mean, that's where Jesus was hanging out, but that ain't where he left him. He got him out of there and brought him to the house of God. He brought him to the Father. This ought to be the hottest place and the hottest ticket on the weekend. People ought to be lined up down the streets. I can't wait to get in there. It's a celebration because I once was lost, but now I am found. Hallelujah. It costs something. It'll cost you inconvenience. It'll cost you time. It'll cost you money. It'll cost you everything. But the last time I checked, it costs Jesus more than we'll ever pay. Come on. Cost, cost him his life. He gave his life for you. And at one time, every one of us was that prodigal son. At one time, there was some mama, some daddy praying for you. Lord, let my kid find, let, let them come to their senses. God, help them today. Lord, please let them walk into a church where somebody will wrap their arms around them. No matter what they look like. No matter what they smell like no matter where they've been, because every person is a child of God. And it's time for us to get the robe and put it upon them. Time to put their sandals on their feet, give them the ring. And listen, here's what the father said. I got to hurry. He said, everything, you want a goat? Are you kidding me? Everything I have is yours. Oh, let, I could preach on that for about another three weeks. Sometimes we're around here going, but God, I just need enough for my electric bill or whatever. And God's going, everything I have is yours. There's another verse in the word of God says, everything you need to live a life, I've already given it to you. We just sometimes don't take the ring of authority that our Father has given us as sons and daughters of the Most High God and put it in the devil's face and go, hey, I got the ring of authority. My Father owns the cattle of a thousand hills. My Father will heal those. My Father will deliver. My Father, you don't know who I am and don't mess with me because I got a daddy bigger than you. And he's willing to give me everything that he has, everything I need. He has it for my life. Everything. So we don't need to worry about a calf or who's getting celebrated this week or that week. All we need to know is, listen, no matter what happens, God's got my back. God's going to take care of me. 
We don't have to sit around and wonder and beg. We're, we're, we're not those kind of kids. You, that father did, I mean, that son was going, if I could just be a servant. He said, servant, are you kidding me? You're my son. There's no way you're a servant. You're my son. Welcome home. Now, here's the good part of this message. Right now, the ushers are about to hand this out to every person. It's an envelope with a card on it. That card is 100% empty. Right now, I want you to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit will give you a revelation. <coughs> is there somebody that's maybe your kid? Is there somebody that you love with all your heart? Is there somebody that you need to be praying for that is away from God? Picture that person's face right now. Who is that person? Maybe there's more than one, but right now think about one. That one person, that one person that may keep you up at night praying for them, that may be on your mind constantly you're praying for them, whoever it is. Okay, open your eyes. Take this envelope, take the card out. All I want you to do right now today, I hope you have a pen, is on one side of this card, it's blank. I just want you to write their name on it and today's date. That's all I want you to do. Write their name on it and the date and put it back into the envelope. Don't seal it, just put it back in there. Their name and the date. You're going to take this home and this week you're going to write them a letter by faith. Here's what I believe. You can write the letter, say whatever you want to say, but it could be something like this. Dear so-and-so, on this Sunday, I began praying for you harder. I began to pray that God would bring you to your senses and that God would show that he is filled with compassion and you would know how much God loves you. I am praying that you come home. I love you with all my heart. And I am believing for a miracle in your life. Maybe something like that. And then put it in the envelope. Here's what I'm believing. Either in this church or somewhere else where they are, they are going to walk down the aisle and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. And you're going to take this envelope dated today and you're going to mail it to them or you're going to hand it to them. And you're going to say, you are an answer to prayer. Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.